just as I am. Welcome to the Gospel Saves Podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. Please visit thegospelsaves.me. You can also visit The Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And Welcome back. In this episode, I'd like to answer the question, am I saved by sincerity? Some people have the notion that uh, so long as I'm a good person, it doesn't matter what I believe or what I think. As long as I'm sincere, I'm okay in the eyes of God. Or other people will say something like this, "I, I know I did something wrong, but God knows my heart. He knows deep down I'm a good person. This is what I would consider being saved by sincerity. Now, without question, sincerity does matter, and it is important for Christians to be sincere. Sincerity is the opposite of hypocrisy. A few episodes ago, we talked about the dangers of hypocrisy for the Christian. Hypocrisy is when we put on an act, when we pretend. We're putting on an act in order to impress people, in order to convince them that we're righteous. That's hypocrisy. Sincerity is the exact opposite. Sincerity is genuine, authentic, unfeigned, and real. So without question, sincerity is important. And to be a sincere Christian is important in the eyes of God. There's a few different ways that we can demonstrate our sincerity. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 10, Paul prays for the Philippian church that they may approve the things that are excellent, that they may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Now, the word sincere in this passage can also be translated pure. A sincere Christian is pursuing a purity of life. They are unstained or uncompromised by sin. The sincere Christian is leading an authentic Christian life in terms of purity. And this isn't a sanctimonious or self-righteous purity, but rather the Christian is just trying to do the best he or she can to keep themselves away from sin. So to be pure is to be sincere. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 5, we see that Sincerity in our faith is important. Paul says to Timothy, Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. Faith in God can be faked. Take, for example, the the false teachers that Paul is concerned with in this first chapter of 1 Timothy. Those people obviously could fake their faith. Real Christians have sincere faith. It's not fake or pretend. And also notice that right alongside sincere faith is a pure heart. That takes us back to Philippians chapter 1, verse number 10. An authentic Christian is not compromised by sin. An authentic Christian is seeking to live a pure life, both in terms of what is happening outwardly, but also what is happening inwardly. Jesus talked to the Pharisees and scribes about cleaning out the inside of the dish. And of course, we get a lot of help with this from Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. 
Now, also notice in 1 Timothy 1.5 that out of a pure heart and out of sincere faith flow love. We as Christians must be sincere in our love. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, Peter says, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Jesus says his disciples would be known by their love for one another. Peter urges us to love one another fervently with a pure heart. And this love is to be sincere. It's not to be fake. And notice again how sincere love is associated with a pure heart and with a purified soul. And I don't think it would be a stretch to conclude that sincere faith would lead us to obeying the truth, as Peter highlights at the beginning of this verse. So genuine, sincere Christianity is faithful, it's loving, it's pure. So having talked about some of the ins and outs of sincerity, let's think about the question at hand. Is sincerity enough to save me? As we talked about a little bit earlier, some people believe it doesn't matter what I believe or what I think, so long as I am sincere, I will go to heaven. Now, the biggest problem I see with this sort of thinking is that I can be sincerely wrong. A few years ago, I noticed on the wall just outside our shower pan in our bathroom, a very small hole had developed. It looked like it wasn't letting much, if any, water in, and I intended to replace that shower at some point and decided that since it was the summertime and I was quite busy that I would go ahead and, and do that project in the fall. So I put it off for a few months, thinking that it's a small hole. I don't think it's letting much, if any, water in. It won't be a big deal. Well, when I began digging into that problem, let me just say I was sincerely wrong. <laughs> It was quite a big problem, in fact, and it ended up being a, a bigger project than I anticipated. Now, I was sincere in my belief. I really did not think that this small hole was of any consequence whatsoever, but I was wrong. I was proved to be wrong in the end. How many times have you been in a situation where you genuinely, sincerely believed something that turned out to be completely false? And this can happen in religion. In fact, we have a couple of examples in the Bible of this very thing. Take, for example, the Apostle Paul. When Paul persecuted the church, he was sincere, but he was wrong. In Acts chapter 23, verse number 1, when he witnessed before the Sanhedrin, Paul says to these men, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. Now, that's quite a statement coming from a man who was a former persecutor of the church. How could he say that he lived in all good conscience before God? Well, if we go a few chapters later to chapter 26, Paul is talking with Agrippa, and he says, Indeed, I myself thought I must do, I must do, many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. So Paul felt compelled to persecute the church believing that he was carrying out the will of God, at least that's what I conclude. 
In persecuting the church, Paul believed he was doing the will of God. He was sincere, but he was sincerely wrong, as he discovered on that day as he was traveling to Damascus. And lest we be deceived, we can fall into the same trap. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, Jesus warns, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Jesus is looking ahead to the day of judgment. He says some people will be surprised when they are not allowed to enter the kingdom of heaven. It looks to me like these folks were sincere. They did all kinds of marvelous works in the name of Jesus, and it looks to me like they had some type of faith. And yet Jesus says they did not do the will of his Father. He cast them out because they practiced lawlessness. Were they sincere? It sure looks like it to me. But were they sincerely wrong? According to Jesus, yes. This, to me, is the greatest danger of believing that I am saved by my sincerity. I can be sincerely wrong. So how do we avoid falling into the trap of saved by sincerity? Well, it seems to me that one of the first things we can do is take responsibility for our actions. Maybe I'm wrong, but it seems to me that folks who believe they're saved by sincerity believe it because they're making excuses for their sins. For example, you may have heard someone say, I know what I did was wrong, but God knows my heart. He knows deep down I'm a good person. I ran across a similar type of sentiment a few years ago. I was doing a little bit of research for a sermon, and I ran across this quote in a Christian publication. A woman had written in, and this is what she had to say. I'm leaving my husband and our two small children. I know what the Bible says, but God knows my heart. He just wants me to be happy. Now, it seems that what's happening in this situation is people are looking for an excuse to do what they want to do, to do what is wrong in the eyes of God, and they believe their sincerity will cover their sins. Now, this is not what James teaches in James chapter 4, verse 17. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Those who know to do what's right, but do not do it, choose to do otherwise, are committing a transgression in the eyes of God. Using the excuse, God knows my heart, is an attempt to cover my sin with sincerity. It does matter how we act. When we sin, we should take responsibility for our sin, ask God to forgive us, and accept the consequences that may come from our choice. The danger I see in Saved by Sincerity is it encourages us to avoid responsibility. The Bible says, own up to your mistakes and take responsibility for your life. Something else we can do to avoid the trap of Saved by Sincerity is We should not trust in our hearts. The Bible is filled with all sorts of warnings about the heart. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. 
Jeremiah 17, 9, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jesus, in Matthew chapter 15, verses 18 and 19, warns us about what proceeds out of the heart. He says, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. We should never assume our hearts are in the right place. Scripture is pretty clear. We should be on guard. The heart can lead us astray. And then one final thing we can do in order to avoid the trap of saved by sincerity is to lean on the Word of God. The Word of God can help us understand what's going on in our hearts and in our minds. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12, the writer of Hebrews says that the Word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God is an objective standard against which we can measure ourselves and we can discover what's really going on inside our mind and inside our heart. And once we have measured ourselves against that Word of God, we should do our best to live consistently with the Word of God. Remember, sincerity means we know what is right, we believe what is right, and we practice what is right. As James says in James chapter 1, verse 22, but be doers of the Word and not hearers only. If we hear the Word of God but we do not do it, we are not living in the right way. One who does what the Bible says is living as an honest and sincere Christian. Remember, we are to be sincere in our love, sincere in our faith, and sincere in terms of purity. So lean on the Word of God. Allow the Word of God to help you understand what's going on in your mind and your heart, and do your best to live as closely as you can to what the Word of God teaches. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will. Oh,